0: lot of great things happening. So we want to do that this morning and also share a bit about our philosophy and why we do things the way that we do. Uh, So we're going to try to accomplish a few things this morning. That's why we have all these guys up, because there's uh, different facets of this. So present to you Jeff Starr, our youth pastor, uh, uh, Karen Rivas, our outreach ministry czar, and Joshua Wrangler. Um, (laughs) Joshua, our lead slash senior leader pastor. What do you call yourself now?
1: I think I'm a senior leader at this okay. point.
0: Senior leader. It seems to be what you prefer, but okay. Uh, my lovely wife, Sarah, is our children's pastor. Uh, Red Crab is our senior associate pastor. And Janelle Wallace is our administrative uh, pastor. So, and I'm the um, associate to the pastor, um, <laughs> as we like to say. <laughs> so I want to jump right in here. I'm going to actually take a seat now that we're all, we're all here. This is kind of, are you, you guys feeling awkward? We're doing All right. Okay, so uh, we have uh, uh, some core beliefs, and we have three core beliefs about the church, and uh, they are this. The church is God's family on earth, first of all. The church exists to glorify God on earth, and the church works together to expand God's family on earth. Now, uh, we have a booklet we're going to hand out to you, but not yet, because I was a teacher and I learned that you never, ever, ever hand out materials to a class where you're trying to talk to them. So I know you guys, and you'd be all looking, and you'd be completely lost. I don't trust you. But we're going to give that to you at the end of service. The ushers are going to pass those out, and there'll be lots more information. So um, it's one we recently put together, and there's a lot of different stuff on there that probably go into a little more detail. Um, So, but we want to start here specifically with this one. The church is God's family on earth. Um, When we come on a Sunday morning like this, we often say that we're here in the living room. Uh, And we we really see uh, uh, what we see Christ Center as a family more than anything else. Uh, Josh, I want you to talk a little bit about that, if you would.
1: You know, Karen and I's experience when we came. I think I can probably put this together. well, we, we were planning on, uh, you know, you, we were just going to use you guys uh, as a stepping stone to our next move, which was to be promoted in business, but then the Lord calls to be here. But before that happened, we were specifically trying to not make friends, not that you weren't amazing, but we knew we'd be moving, so we didn't want to make friends. And we were invited to so many home groups dutifully, which was, which was fantastic, and we resisted every single one, batted it down like flies. But you know who got us? Mark Gwillem. He's the one that sucked us in. And you know how he did it? He invited us over for dinner. And uh, we thought, okay, well, I mean, who's going to say no to that? So we came over to dinner. Now, we literally had said no to like eight different home group invites. But we went to dinner, and it opened up the door to our heart. And the funny thing is, that was the entry point then for us continuing to stick around. And then we ended up becoming (laughs) senior leaders, which is pretty funny. But I think it's a perfect picture of that that your your home your dinner table that is your home that has the front door to the church and that really was what knit us to Christ Center that was the first step
0: Um, some people do this better than others but and this isn't something that we always do well as a church body but I want to encourage you guys a lot of times when people will join a congregation their thought about whether or not I'm in or whether or not I'm a part of this body is whether or not they're hanging out a whole bunch with the pastoral staff, which is kind of weird because this isn't some like business hierarchy thing. Like we really are a family, so what the way that we view this is, uh, um, we want to be in one another's lives and one, at, particularly at one another's dinner tables, because there's just something powerful about that when you sit across the table from somebody and say, "What's your story?" Um, something happens there. There's real spiritual growth and there's real camaraderie and family that's built. So we don't, we, we don't want anything we do for us to become the bottleneck to anything. And a lot of times in, in uh, uh, congregations, that's what happens. The pastoral staff becomes a bottleneck to relationship. Because people somehow, for some reason, think that in order to be in relationship, I've got to be hanging out, and that's just not realistic, Um, and it's also weird, because you have all kinds of amazing people around you that are way cooler than we are anyway, So, um, except for Jeff. So um, I I was just thinking, uh, we have... You had that one example of people who do this really well. You wanted to brag on yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I want to brag on uh, Paul and Ann Nunn. Um, they've really done an awesome job to be strategic about this. And, and what they've done is set up, they, they're doing dinners, and they'll just open up their home, and then they're inviting like an interesting overlap of different people that they know probably wouldn't hang out. Um, And so then they just set it up and the only agenda is just eat food and get to know each other and it's been awesome I'm I'm uh, I've been so excited about that I think that when we look at the church is God's family on earth when we think about that as the primary picture is family that causes the way that you're going to envision how you engage with the kingdom to be accurate to what he's, what he's seeing in his heart. So, so when you look up here, what do you see? Well, you see, honestly, we look a lot like a family because we are. Well, you look a lot like a family. So be, be, be thinking and, and dreaming from that perspective. How can I engage to, uh, to being the front door to someone else, understanding that they're part of the family? And that has to be each of us. That's you. That's me. That's and, uh, and I think that shapes it. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that.
0: So that's something that we really feel the Lord's been speaking to us as an eldership and a pastoral team to even step up in our own lives. So we're endeavoring, we're all endeavoring to do this more and more um, ourselves. So we just want to invite you into that, to church as a family, to a new level. Amen? So that's our sort of uh, uh, core philosophy about that. Uh, second thing is this. The church exists to glorify God on earth. Um, one of our most important jobs as equippers is to help you guys glorify God in your corporate lives, in your individual lives. Um, and so we have a lot of different ways this happens. We have different groups and different configurations. We have G-Paradigm Youth Ministry. We have Kids Ministry. We have Young Adults Group, which I lead with uh, several others. Uh, we have Women's Groups that are forming. We have Joshua as a Meds Encouragement Breakfast Group. All of these are designed to help us to glorify God, to encourage one another um, on a daily basis. Um, and uh, also, home groups is a wonderful example of this. So, these are, are great opportunities to form relationships so they get closer to the Lord. Um, we also have um, specific ministries that are designed in house to help us to grow. One of those is restoration ministries. How many of you guys have done restoration? okay, there, um, it's not actually formally a, a christ Center thing, but they're in our building, and, and Ed Glasby, who's been uh, an elder here for, I think, 96 years, is that right, <laughs> um, has run that, <laughs> a beautiful thing, and so that's one of those it, which addresses deep hurts in your lives, and, and helps us to work through those, a beautiful thing, uh, sozo ministry, uh, it's a, we talk more about that in the booklet, but that's a, a wonderful time for uh, a personal, individual ministry, um, uh encounter nights which are great nights of worship and uh uh, growing in in the prophetic ministry that sort of thing um that we're actually going to do more of this year and you'll be hearing more about that but that's been specific on saturday nights um and so that's a wonderful way to grow in the lord and finally the prayer servant team now we at the end of every service call up the prayer servant team um and uh, they pray for all kinds of things all kinds of different needs Uh, And uh, sometimes there's testimonies that happen right away. Sometimes it takes a while. uh, But we had one that happened fairly, pretty much right away. Red, can you tell us what happened with you? I was sitting. Is it on? I was sitting right
2: over there. That's why we keep Janelle around. (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting over there and I had a. My big toe had been hurting and being a mighty man of faith, I prayed for myself and my toe kept hurting and bad hurting. I mean, you hurt to walk. And Jessica had a word of knowledge. She said, someone is suffering with a big toe that's really sore. (laughs) That's me. But you know what? I can't go up there because people think "That, that guy, you know, I mean, he's an elder. What's he doing up there? The Lord said... You want pride or you want your toe healed? I said, I want my toe <laughs> healed. I went up there. Jessica prayed for me. It was gone just like that. I encourage you, use those people.
0: <laughs> That's good right there. That's good stuff. And we're, we're consistently hearing uh, really great testimonies from the prayer servant team. So I want to encourage you guys, don't, don't think that, that this is only for times when you're really, really broken down. There are people who, who really want to encourage you in prayer. And a lot of times we see things like that happen. A lot of times the Lord speaks directly to our hearts and encourages us. So um, that's, a, that's a great opportunity. Uh, so take advantage of these things. If you're, if you're feeling like, man, I, I, I feel like I want to go deeper. I want to go and be encouraged more in the Lord and step out more. Uh, look at some of these resources. And, uh, and I encourage you to take advantage of them. The Lord's really blessed us in those ways. Um, The church works together to expand God's family on earth. That's our third core belief. Now, uh, in working together, one of the ways that we we do that, and maybe you guys don't know this, but this building, I don't know if you've ever driven by and seen cars here randomly and thinking, what's going on? There's a party and I don't know what's happening. I want to encourage you in this. We don't know what's happening either a lot of times. (laughs) It's actually kind of a cool, Janelle knows what's happening. She'll look on the calendar and tell us who's here. But this building is full, like Monday through Friday, and it's, it's often very difficult even to like find a place to meet, and that's a good thing. So there's all kinds of things that are going on in this building that we have, like, no part of. We have no leadership in. It's not our vision. Somebody else has a really cool thing that they're doing. So here's what goes on in this building on a regular basis. Junction City School of Dance. They have this wing over here and an office back here. It's a beautiful thing. Now, Amy Baker, who's the director of that, doesn't even attend Christ Center. Um, She has a wonderful church family. But this is a beautiful ministry. And it's, like, a couple hundred people right that are involved in 250 students good night 250 students all right amazing thing we have no part of it uh we've tried believe me joshua and i've tried to get on staff i'm still a little bitter about it will not let us (laughs) navigators homeschool group this is a group that meets here every friday and they uh, are like in every room of the building how many are in there i think it's over 200 over 250 there as well incredible um, we have uh, Docera, is that right? Did I say it right? It. Docere? Okay, Dosser Academy of <laughs> Arts that Jamie Starr leads, uh, which is a, uh, uh, a middle school, like sort of a, a private school for, for girls. Um, Generation Arts Academy uh, that Corey Snyder leads. We have Cowboy Church that uh, Tom and Susan Crabb lead here on Tuesday nights. We have the Early Education Program, which is the Head Start Program that's right here Uh, in one of our classrooms. Uh, Rahina Vergara does Watercolor Academy and Restoration Ministries and Radio Zion. Do you know we have a radio station right here in the corner of our building? We do, Radio Zion, which is a Spanish radio station that's linked from Los Angeles. So there's a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, we're excited to be able to network with these people because they're doing amazing things and we don't have to lead it and this is part of our core philosophy we don't have to lead things that other people are doing if they're doing it we don't need the glory for it we 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 can't do it as well as they can anyway so we are excited here this is part of uh, part of our this is in our DNA we want to work with people who are doing cool things and we don't we don't need to be in the middle of it so we're excited to be able to network you guys are networking with all these groups isn't that cool you might not even have known it but you are because this is one of the ways we're able to bless the community Um, uh, other ways here, uh, we have some active ways that uh, god 's called us to work one of the one of the primary vehicles for this, and you guys have heard a lot about the One Hope Network, but this is one of the the most unique and beautiful things that 's happening in our valley, and whenever people are coming here when they see what 's happening with one Hope, we hear this all the time of like i 've never seen this happen anywhere else, um, and fortunately it is it 's happening in more and more places, but uh, the One Hope network uh, is a beautiful group of, of pastors, leaders, ministries that uh, join together, as Steve Buss says, to show Jesus love. Uh, we're involved in this uh, a whole bunch, even from a, uh, uh, even our core pastoral team. Joshua's been on advisory board. He's also been on the, uh, I don't know, all, every board that's ever done with One Hope. He's, <laughs> he's been on it. Um, I'm on the, the catalyst team. Uh, Janelle is part of One Hope Women. She helps to lead that. Now maybe you've never heard of One Hope Women. Uh, Janelle, what is One Hope Women and what are you guys doing?
2: One Hope Women is a branch of One Hope that um, its purpose is to gather women, excuse me, to um, build relationships and pray together and pray for our community. That's like our main purpose is prayer and relationships. And it's just so fun to be able to pray with other pastors, like in October, I think it was, I was with a pastor um, from King's Grace Fellowship here in town, and we just got to pray over our community that we both love so much and talk through um, a mutual problem that we were having. And it's um, just so fun to know there's an ally right across town that we both are praying for the same thing. Another example was praying um, with a pastor or a staff member at Life Bible, Who they've done Alpha several times, so you know to to pick her brain and find out, okay, what works for you, what doesn't, and you know to be able to glean from each other and network that way.
0: Very cool, Um, Joshua. You want to just give us a just like maybe 30 second? I didn't I didn't explain what One Hope is very well for the uninitiated. How long has it been going on? What what do we do?
1: So One Hope is a relational network, and um, as you know, as we alluded to that we pray together, we serve together, and we share the gospel together. And um, we have over 100 churches that are a part of it, um, and consistently once a month we we gather together and pray on Thursdays. We usually have about 60 different churches that are represented as well as leaders and ministry leaders on top of that. And then we've served together in many different ways, which we'll get into, but um, it's been going on now. It started out as Mission Eugene Springfield um, 20 years ago. And uh, John Cook Cook and others, and John's now with the Lord, but I'm pretty sure he's pretty excited about what he's seeing now. Uh, so it's got some longevity, it's got some, some, uh, some, some staying power, and it just continues to expand. It's been fantastic.
0: hundred churches, I didn't realize there was that many, that's a lot. Uh, one of the main things One Hope does is, is Project Hope. Uh, Janelle's sort of been our, our coordinator there for Project Hope. will let you see uh, um, some of the, uh, uh, oh, whoops, I got ahead of myself sorry we'll get to project hope in just a, a little bit here but we've been doing one church uh one day of course we uh, we've told you guys about that uh every every uh second thursday is, is our day to pray but that's come out of the one hope network there as well um as we're really all teaming up uh, and praying for the valley and seeking the, the good of the, the city as we say um, some other cool stuff that's happening here um we As far as our ministry emphases, we have different things that we believe the Lord's laid on our hearts. One of those is children at risk. Uh, And this has been happening for a few years now. Uh, We've been working with uh, groups like Every Child and uh, Safe Families, and we've formed uh, foster care support teams for those who are um, working in that sphere in our congregation. Um, Karen Rivas is really... You've taken the lead on this type of ministry. Um, Can you give us... Give us a rundown of some of the things that have been happening in that.
3: Well, with every child this year, we answer the question, what can I do to help? Mm -hmm. So together with many other churches, in fact, I see a partner here, (laughs) um, we have made over seven rooms. We um, offered like a thank you basket to um, parents of foster families during the appreciation month. And um, we... We did a a big lunch to say thank you to those who work with children at risk. And we sent them to a baseball game. We're just trying to offer support to those who are helping. And they're incredibly blessed. We've even had um, adult men crying over a cookie because it's the first time that they've heard thank you from their community. They're usually dealing with people who are who are in the middle of crisis, and it's a, they don't they're not necessarily seeing these workers as their advocates. So we're we're standing in that gap, saying thank you, advocates. And what else was I going to say? Oh, that, that was good. <laughs> okay.
0: That was good. Um, Joshua, can you just delineate? Just real quickly, give us an idea of Every Child and Safe Families and what that's all about, for those who don't know.
1: Yeah, so these uh, these two um, groups are working together, so that's collaborative, and uh, Safe Families and Every Child, we actually launched them together, and uh, very cool. The director of Safe Families is also on the board of Every Child, so these are linked wonderfully well. The difference is, Every Child is looking to raise up more foster families in Lane County Um, uh, And and work well supporting DHS and foster families. And so we want to see that exponentially increase to deal with the crisis of foster care right now. There are not enough families. So we're we're working towards that safe families, on the other hand, um, is working wonderfully well to provide safe families for children at risk but it's before DHS has had to get involved. So rather than the children having to be removed because there's um, lack of ability to care for the kids or neglect at the worst, et cetera, um, this is a point where you're in crisis and you need to be able to have a temporary safe family to help you so that you don't lose your kids. And uh, so phenomenal ministry. It's a national ministry, and you're going to be hearing more about that. So if you think there's the preventative side, and then there's working with DHS, that would be the difference between Every Child and, and Safe Families.
0: Now we work with them in, in a variety of ways. One of those is Joshua is actually the, uh, what are you, the I forgot your assistant, your, your vice president of Every a, Child. Yeah,
1: or? I'm. A, I serve on the board of Every Child. Yeah, as the vice president, um, which has been a, a fun adventure.
0: Very cool. So that's one of the ways we work with them. Uh, safe families, we're, we're now, what we're hoping to do here is to raise up more of our own from, in our midst to become safe families or to become foster parents. So that's really what these groups are about, are, are about the body of Christ actually opening up their homes and being families for those in need. And we have a whole bunch of children in need in our community. So we just feel like this is, this is something the Lord's put on the heart uh, of the church in Lane County and in our own congregation. So uh, this is why we want to bless them in a variety of ways, why we want to go and bless DHS, because they're really doing the Lord's work, even if they don't realize it. The, these people really care about these kids, so we want to support what they're doing, and then the main way to support them actually having landing places for these kids so that we can truly love them the way that Jesus has asked them, us to love them. So uh, those are those things. Uh, One of those ways, the foster care support teams, which we've talked about significantly, and a whole, like, there's like, how many people are involved in foster care support teams?
3: Like a hundred. Like a (laughs) hundred
0: people. So that, you guys are amazing. Uh, uh, Supporting those in our congregation who have become foster parents. Amazing. Uh,
1: I hope as we're talking, too, that each time that Jason is referencing we, that your own heart is resonating, this is we, this isn't. This yeah, team we. is up here because I wanted you to see this amazing picture of all of those that are serving to facilitate this. To they lead didn't and all want to be to serve. Oh my goodness, it's so funny. There was almost a mutiny on me trying to get everybody up here. But anyway, um, you know I mean, I wanted to be here. <laughs> I may be the only one that wanted to be here. Maybe Jeff. At any rate, I want you to be hearing that as we, and I also want to thank those of you that have already joined and become foster parents as well as foster support, and then many of you that are uh, contemplating and praying about becoming safe families. I mean, this is a big we, and uh, we're rejoicing.
0: That's right. Uh, another way that we uh, uh, work with children at risk this is a little bit different area, but uh, children with special needs, and of course, it's been a thing that's been dear to our heart for a while, and. Uh, particularly with the Open Heavens Room. So Sarah, can you tell us about the Open Heavens Room and what's been happening?
4: So we, um, I love that we're to this theme of family because we're about inviting vulnerable people into family, to experience family and for some the fir- for the very first time. And one of those, our family knows well how difficult it is to come to church on a Sunday when you have, um, especially if you have a kiddo that doesn't quite fit in with a traditional Sunday school, which ours isn't traditional. We have this messy living room, right? We have kids singing and dancing and twirling around in the corner, and that's that's our heart. We want everyone to feel welcome. And so our tolerance level, I know for some of us have learned how to increase that tolerance level for the distraction or the messiness, but um, we love it. It's family, we're learning how to do it better all the time. And as we, as we all know, each of us, each kid has um, specific needs. But in our open heavens room, that's been a, a classroom that we started actually six years ago. Um, partly because our son wasn't um, able to insert into a a traditional classroom or non-traditional classroom down the hall. Um, And we just, I think one of the best questions that was asked was, what do you need? Um, And that's been our heartbeat in all of these areas that we find out, what is the need? We don't wanna try to invent something that we think is helpful. And so we've created a place that's sensory safe. It's a place where our kids um, can just be affirmed and the, the treasures can be mined and sometimes that's really difficult. Um, but there are beautiful treasures within each of them. So um, our room, our Open Heavens room is staffed by someone who is very professional and knows what she's doing, Lori. Um, she's worked in that field and then she's raised up interns that are learning how to best love our kids and how to love each one um, and support them in whatever way we can. And so. Um, in the last six years, we've started with two kids. Um, we have about 12, but we've had several others that have kind of transitioned out of that classroom, and now they're assisting in other classes. We have one that's actually interning at the church and working on some um, awesome job skills. So this is our heart, is to just find a way to love and support families, allow them to be in this great, big, messy family, and to, be, um, to know that they're welcome. um welcome and that they're a part. And so our kids, a lot of our kids come from Open Heaven's Room and transition for part of the time in classes. And every every time it's like, yay, that's a victory. So um, we just want to support families who maybe previously weren't welcomed in a church um, because their kid might be yelling movie lines from the back. <laughs> um, so this is a safe place, and we want it to be a safe place for, for everyone. Um, we know that there's no junior Holy Spirit in any of our kids, and our kids in the Open Heavens Room are no different. So it's we're trusting the Lord to continue to show us how to lead them in that way and to grow them up. And thank goodness the Holy Spirit isn't hampered by language or any other barriers, um, de- uh, any other um, developmental disability barriers. He knows how to speak every language. So uh, we're coming alongside him in that. That's
0: good. As well said, I also like um, a great, big, messy family. That needs to be our new <laughs> tagline. Christ Center, a great, big, messy family. That's good. That's good. Very cool. Um, we, uh, one of our other emphases is working with schools, and Jeff Starr has been taking the lead on this, uh, working with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, track and cross-country, uh, JC Spirit, a track club, and, and cross-country club. Um, uh, Jeff, you, uh, <laughs> if you know Jeff, he is a walking um, encouragement bomb. And uh, so he takes that energy and that environment with him as he's working with the, the schools, and he's able to interact not only with the students he's coaching, but with their, their families and with uh, the teachers as well. So, you know, he brings that atmosphere of peace and joy and uh, encouragement and prayer, and we've shared this Many times about the prayer circles that have started to happen. Of course, he can't lead them, but it doesn't matter because his own athletes will come and and lead prayer circles. In the middle of a meet, or like right at the beginning of a meet, they'll circle up and start praying. And then they'll have more kids from other schools that come and pray. Um, And it's just like right here in the middle of everything. So to bring that spirit of prayer and encouragement has been uh, a huge win. And uh, Jeff, give us an example of, of how God's bringing encouragement and prayer in the schools with the teachers.
5: Yeah, excellent. So um, I think when we started uh, about six years ago being involved in the schools, my focus was uh, primarily just working with the students and the athletes that I get a chance to work with. But it has been so exciting to see how the Lord has opened up so many doors for um, incredible relationships with the teachers as well. Um, One simple example would be when I walk into the office, uh, the principal coming up and saying, hey, Jeff, can I see you for a minute? And I'm like, uh-oh, I'm getting called into the principal's office now. <laughs> so I'll walk into his office, he'll close the door, and I'm like, oh, boy, I'm really in for it now. But um, Mr. Young, who is now the principal over at, at the high school, would say, hey, Jeff, could we just pray together real quick? I just need some real wisdom and some direction. And so those kind of relationships have, have blossomed out of, you know, getting a chance to work with these teachers and the administrative staff at the high school and the middle school. Um, one of the, uh, the newest ones, though, that happened this year was at the beginning of the school year. Uh, we had a couple teachers come and say, hey, Jeff, could we just pray together? We really feel like the Lord wants to do some exciting things within the school this year. Um, would you just pray with us real quick? And so I had a chance to pray with them. And then as we were talking, we decided that well, let's begin to do this on a regular basis. So we began praying on Monday mornings. And um, right after school started, a couple of teachers came in, and they were really discouraged and so um, we just began to, to discuss, you know, what, what's going on? And, and uh, one of the teachers just shared that, that one of their classes was very disruptive. They were having a lot of challenges. And it was really actually discouraging and, and affecting their, the rest of the students in their class as well. And so um, one thing we just prayed for that day was, Lord, would you just raise up some real solid student leaders that would be willing to step in and just encourage these other students that are being disruptive. To, um, to just stop and to, uh, to just join in the excitement of what was happening in the classroom. So we prayed that day. Well, the next week the teacher comes back is ecstatic about this class, their disruptive class, and said how that day that we had prayed, uh, several students stood up and went to these other students in a very positive atmosphere, encouraged them, and how the whole atmosphere in the class had actually changed. And that it was one of the favorite classes that's going on now. So, thank you, Jesus, for what He's doing in our in our schools.
0: Isn't that cool? We've had so many people that will come to our doors and like, yeah. So, how'd you hear about Christ and, Oh, Jeff Star. We're like, oh, of course. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably uh, probably 30 percent of people that come through here have come just because they've met Jeff. So, um, that's uh, that's awesome. Really good stuff happening. Um, and in fact, there's actually been some specific really cool stuff that's happened in the past two years, right? Yeah,
5: actually, I think for me, the most exciting is when um, you see students come together. They're excited for the Lord. Uh, We, Of course, I can't talk directly about Jesus himself, but I sure can talk about my head coach. So we talk all about the head coach and what role he's played in my life over the years. Through that, several students have come to know my head coach as well. And it's been very exciting to see other students begin to (laughs) lead uh, their fellow athletes and champions into knowing the head coach as well.
0: Sneaky Jeff. Sneaky Jeff. Isn't that awesome? And not at all surprising. That's that's wonderful. Um, Another way that we work with schools, and a lot of you guys have been a part of this because we do it every year, which is Project Hope happens every August. Janelle, can you tell us a little bit about Project Hope? We'll roll a little bit of the video here so you can see some of the images that have happened while she's explaining what what this is.
2: So Project Hope is such a fun time where we join together with other churches. There's actually 70 um, that get together in Eugene Springfield and then Junction City. And we do a beautification project. Um, We pick up the four schools in Junction City where we go and do um, bark, uh, yard work, you know, landscaping, whatever they need. This year we did the major um, parking lot overhaul that we had shared a testimony about. Um, And then just come and, you know, clean up the school. And then for us in the afternoon, we do a kids' fair where we have, we give away backpacks, school supplies, socks, voucher for a free haircut, and then we um, give food and then play games. And our purpose is just to be Jesus with skin to have fun and meet practical needs. And it was fun. I was at Bymart or something a couple of weeks after Project Hope this year, and a little kid said, Mom, that's the girl that gave me the backpack.
4: <laughs> and it was just so fun, and
2: I was just able to say, it's because so many people love you and care about you. So it's just fun to be Jesus with skin that way. And another side benefit is that we bring encouragement to the school district staff, and to just show the community that we care.
0: This has been a, a huge inroad for the church, guys. It's hard to overstate what a what a cool thing this has been in our whole valley. Because, you know, there's a lot of times been animosity with churches and public schools and things like this and to where the relationship was always like this and people always expected we're going to protest them or something. And uh, this has been a way to completely break that down, to say, look, we, you know, we, we love you guys, we support you guys, and we want to stand with you and actually show Jesus love to you. And so uh, now schools are asking for partner churches. I mean, this is amazing stuff that's happening. So thank you for being involved in that. Um... Finally, uh, the, uh, the other way that we like to really reach out and love our community, the other emphasis is uh, homelessness. So uh, we, have, uh, we work with Love, Inc., Love in the Name of Christ, which is uh, sort of an inner church clearinghouse, for lack of a better term, to, to meet the needs of, of the needy in our community, uh, which is very cool. It's actually a national program, but it's running really well here. Uh, in fact, uh, Jordan Mills is working with them. Um, and so anyway, very cool. One is the Eugene Mission and in the life change program at the Eugene mission. Karen, we've been working with the Eugene mission. Can you tell us what, what we've been doing?
3: Yeah, we, is that on? It's on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> We've been working um, with the mission since they had their fire, so about a year and a half ago. And um, what we did was we said, we wanna start helping on a regular basis. So I went through the training and signed Christ Center up for um, the third third, third Sunday of every month, and then when there's a fifth Sunday, that one too. So I'm the, I'm the pass. If you come with me, you get to go. You don't have to go through the training. And I've, I've found this to be an amazing way for people to get involved that maybe can't sign up once a week or once a month, but you can come with me once a year. And um, I, I think this is the easiest effort that I've coordinated Because people often come up to me and say, when is the next time you're going, I want to go. So um, it's very easy to get involved. Just come see me. Right now, I'm not even going. I'm just sending people. So um, it's the third Sunday of every
0: month. Yeah, we were able to take uh, the young adults, uh, some of the young adults were able to go on New Year's Eve, actually, and we were, we had so much fun. That was like the surprising thing of like, you're serving a meal to like over, three, served like 300 people, 350. 350 people, three meals a day. That's what they do at the Eugene Mission, in addition to putting people up for the night when they have like hundreds of beds as well. So they are doing wonderful stuff there, and it's a lot of fun. So this is a great way for us to engage and love the homeless community uh, in, uh, in this region. Um, and uh, finally, wh- you know, we're, we love missions here. We have a huge missions background, and we network uh, and, and support Youth of the Mission, uh, CEO Global USA, uh, the, you know, two groups that are very much looking at evangelism, international evangelism. We also uh, really major on groups that are dealing with, with orphans and widows. So Hope's Gate, um, uh, I Care for You, uh, which is our Papua New Guinea uh, orphan. By the way, how much money were we able to send to I Care For You, Janelle, in P&G?
2: We were able to send $5,000 right. to
0: um, I Care Bisco. For
2: You. So exciting. Mm-hmm. Plus, we also took an offering for them personally. That was like 1500 So... You guys are so crazy generous.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Love it. Yeah. So obviously that's for AIDS orphanage. that's an AIDS orphanage in Papua New Guinea. Um, Rancho Los Amigos is the uh, uh, children's home in Juarez, Mexico that we support on a monthly basis. And uh, Streams of Mercy we, it has been our main um, uh, recipient of our support over the last several years. And that's Wick and Jan Niece. And they fund orphanages all over the world. So... Um, Three thousand orphans they work with um, around the world, and some of the hardest places too, in India. And some of the hardest places around the world. So um, this is, you know, very dear to our hearts, locally uh, and globally, of, of reaching uh, reaching the children that are most um, in need. Um, and this year we have a thing called City Fest. Uh, Joshua, what is City Fest, and how are we going to be involved?
1: city fest is um is a collaborative effort so much like one hope um at this point we have i believe they said 75 churches yeah that are on board right now and so what we're doing is we're we're doing core um we are doing collaborative work in the cities so coming together and serving um, and then we're going to finish this effort after we've served the city Um, andrew palau is going to come and we're having a festival um and the festival is going to be very cool It'll be at pk park there's wonderful things happening the owner of the m's has donated the use of pk park for this event which is pretty pretty cool and the gospel is going to be presented several different times in several different ways and so they have like you know full-on extreme you know bmx and then um motocross you know where they go and flip in the air and essentially take their life in their own hands to give you an opportunity to go, oh my goodness, that's amazing, and then they get off their motorcycle and they give their testimony about how they're a Christ follower. That is if they don't go meet him because that trick didn't work <laughs> out. And, um, and then there's, uh, yeah, and there's so there's something for every age group. What's unique about the festival um, as opposed to kind of the classic crusade that most of us are familiar with? Crusades are still a very useful tool. Um, and even gaining some steam, actually, in the, in the States again. But the festival is, is very, very cool because what, the way that this effort really works is that we've been serving our city together, which causes us, actually, to become much more bold in our presentation of the gospel. It's amazing how when you serve somebody, one, they are much more open to hear you say whatever it is that you believe in motivates you. And two, you are much more bold to answer. So as we're serving, it then leads into an invitation that we've been praying through this next six months and seeking the Lord for the salvation of our friends and family. And then we're inviting them personally. Hey, why don't you come to this festival? It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of great bands. There's going to be great food. There's going to be great stupendous tricks. And, uh, and then there will be some presentations of the gospel. And at worst, you'll have a really great time and not receive Christ as your Savior. And at best, you'll have a really great time and receive Christ as your savior. So it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, the example that they use is this, it's laser focused collaborative friendship evangelism. Come on. Yeah, how you like that? You want me to say that again? I can't remember, no, I'm just kidding. It's laser focused collaborative friendship evangelism. It's, it's you and I working together to cash in some of our friendship equity to come and expose someone to several different opportunities to hear the gospel. And, and it's done in an excellent way that you're not gonna show up and be like, oh, yeah, sorry about most of that, but Jesus really is cool, I promise. No, it's very, very well done. We have, Karen and I attended one in uh, uh, Fresno and it's, it's just fantastic. It's a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere and place. And we saw hundreds and hundreds of people turn to the Lord and, uh, and, and accept salvation. So we're looking forward to this. It's going to be amazing.
0: So you'll hear more about that as we get closer to that. The festival will be in July. Uh, but as you can see, there's a lot of, there's a theme here like service and then proclamation. It's not one or the other. You don't just love your neighbor and not talk to them about the Lord. You don't just talk to them about the Lord without loving your neighbor. It's both. And so this is what we, we endeavor to do here. We don't always do it well, but we're endeavoring to do this more and to do it better we've thrown a lot of different things at you this morning about what we're involved in um, as a family. But I want to keep the family thing foremost, okay? Now, one of our philosophies here, one of the core things that we bring up often is that if we're going to endeavor to serve in any way, to love our neighbors, it has, to, it has to meet this criteria. It has to be simple. It has to be sustainable. Uh, in other words, it, if it's too complicated to replicate somewhere else, we're not interested, We wanted to to keep it simple and and easy for people to jump on board, to understand, uh, and to work with it. It can't be uh, not sustainable. In other words, if it causes us to sacrifice our families on the altar of ministry, we're not doing it. Um, We we want to be able to have uh, uh, good rhythms in our life, and to be able to give family and the other important areas of our life the time they need. Uh, so none of us are trying to be heroes and to do anything on our own or to try to save the world through this one particular idea because we're working together with a larger body of Christ. And that um, also brings up the last thing, networking. It, it, we're not going to recreate the wheel here. So any idea we have, if you had an idea, let's, let's serve by opening up a food pantry. we would be like, that's a great idea, but there's already a food pantry here called Local Aid in Junction City, and let's work with them instead of starting it up. So in other words, we're not going to try to do anything on our own. We're going to avail ourselves... Um, to the community and, and, and work with our neighbors, whether they know Jesus or not. We're going to work alongside people who want to love the city. Uh, so I want to encourage you guys, this is what you're a part of. You're a part of a family, and we're, we're not a perfect family. We are a big, giant, messy family, right? That's, that's what we are. Uh, we're going to let you down. We're sorry we're going to let you down, but we let ourselves down and one another down, and then we apologize, and then we hug, and then we Sometimes we hug, but then we, we move on. We don't, we don't always hug, but we, we, we move on. We, we try our best to glorify Jesus in everything that we do. So this is who we are, and uh, we, we want to invite you guys in more and more. If you're visiting with us, um, come. Join us at the dinner table, uh, and, and uh, we're, we're glad you're with us. Um, Joshua, why don't you uh, pray us out with this verse?
1: This is, this is, this is what we're up to. You know we don't graduate beyond this, and um, I want to thank each of you for your engagement in the in the Great Commission. I want to thank each of you for being willing to live this. I mean we're here bragging to you maybe on a few things that you ha- didn't realize were going on in other parts of this family, um, but these are all these are all your testimonies. These are these are the things that we are up to, and it's because of you. So I just want to thank you. It's uh, we're we're constantly just blown away by being a part of a group like this that loves Jesus, that loves their neighbor, that lives in in this strategic and specific way to extend God's kingdom and to show his heart to others. So I just want to thank you on behalf of the pastoral team of what a pleasure it is to serve you guys and to serve with you.
0: Um, Before he reads that verse, we have the ushers pass out the booklets. Now you're allowed to look at them. Now there should be a stack of the booklets
1: are coming. The booklets are coming. They're coming.
0: Um, All right. Yeah. So anyway.
1: So, um, so let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that you sent your Son Jesus, and I want to thank you that that revelation was what it was like to be a son, a child of God, and Lord, we've been invited into that family. And we are part of that family. And I pray this would be a year of greater revelation of being in that family. Lord, I pray that you would cause each of us to overflow with love, that we would show the same hospitality that you've shown us. Lord, let every front door of every home that's represented here be the front door to the kingdom and the front door to this family. Lord, we ask for your inspiration. We ask for your healing. We ask for your joy and your strength. We ask for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit that we would enjoy you and glorify you in all that we do. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, love you guys. The prayer servant team is coming forward, and uh, we would encourage you to avail yourself of it.